We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and my Bible Information Brokers teammates I'll be introducing momentarily, but I want to give you an opportunity on this live presentation to call in, to email us, to contact us with your open, honest question. Now, you can do that by two or three ways because this broadcast will go as you communicate with us your question. And here's how you can do it. If you call in, when it's once your, uh, the phone call is answered, we'll simply want to know real quickly just in your name, the city you're calling from, and get immediately into your question. If you have any scriptural verses, please tell me what the scriptural verses are that you want to reference, if you have the reference, and then get right into your question. I'll be introducing to you the um, professor momentarily, and I want you to be in prayer for other teammates who won't be with us tonight. Brian, uh, you know, when we're not here, we always solicit your prayers, but just keep our good friend Brian Allen in your prayers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the number, one la talks one 528 is the number. Or you can actually go to our website and communicate with us by email or by Facebook page by going to the website. And I'll be making reference to the website uh, quite a bit in the broadcast, so you can navigate from there. Email us your question by contacting us at BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. And while you're there, and even while you're on the Internet, let people know that you're listening to the broadcast. It's a live presentation whereby we want to answer your questions. Look, life is happening to you. Life is going on all day long, 24-7. You have things that's happening in your life whereby you may want to know what the biblical response is, and that's what the Bible Information Brokers are here for. Brokers are here to give you advice in other areas of life. We're here to give you biblical advice on whatever question you have, but what you're going through as far as life is concerned, as far as theology, biblical things, philosophical issues that you may have, and you want to know what does the Bible say about this? Listen, you may even have a partial answer, or you may even have a complete answer, but you want to get the views from uh, from the Bible Information Brokers team, and that's what we're here for. So please, take an opportunity to call in early in the broadcast, communicate with us early, and we'll get to those questions. The number to call right now, take an opportunity to do so, is one la talks one 528 2557 with your open honest questions about life and we want to give you that biblical response uh, if you're reading your bible you heard the sermon today in church bible study last week coming up this week and you want to be prepared you have some thoughts you have some questions that's what we want to deal with those questions one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven 
go ahead and start dialing in now while the phone lines are available. If the phone lines get busy during the middle of the show, then we just simply ask that you, you know, do that speed dial thing. And once we hang up with one caller, you can call in. Or you can go to our website right now and send those questions by way of email. We have quite a few email questions we're going to deal with a little bit later. Um, so we'll take the calls and the email questions as they come in. And the email address, or actually the website address, is BibleInfoBrokers.com. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce you to a man, my, my partner in crime, as we say. My partner here, Bible Information Brokers, own PCH, Professor Craig Hawkins. How you doing, brother? Gerald, good evening. Good evening to you, sir. <laughs> How's everything going, sir? Not bad. Good, Not better good. for me than for Brian. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. That's why I ask our people to pray for him. Our good friend is, um, you know, he's, he's doing okay. And uh, just keep him in your prayers. Let's put it that way. And we won't do him like he would do us by throwing us under the bus in some kind of way, Professor. But we won't do that to him yet. <laughs> but listen, PCH, before we get to these, um, the call, look, oh, the, the board is open. The callers, you might want to start dialing in now at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, And we'll answer those calls for you you um so go ahead and start dialing in now if you have a question we want to give the biblical response but pch i want to start us off with a question before we get to the email questions and phone calls as they come in with this question from the from the old testament uh too many things have happened with the the children of israel god's god's people he chose whereby when they get in the deepest of trouble i've been reading it through the uh various old testament texts whereby they it's like when they get in the deepest of trouble, when they've been so disobedient, they wind up asking something like this. And I thought about it because something came up in regards to the word faith movement that, I was, that I'm dealing with. And the issue becomes, Professor, and tell me what, what does this actually mean in the Bible, where, they, where the people constantly saying, God, for your sake, do this. God, for your sake, do that. Because we've basically, we don't want the nations that are, are putting us in exile to come in. And, and they're asking the Lord, for your name's sake, Lord, to do this and to do that. In other words, for the God to save face some kind of way for their malfeasances. What say you? Well, sure, Daryl. Um, you know, it is a common phrase, and what it really means is, among other things, is that, by the way, for the, for the sake of God's name, or it says that they built a temple, David built a temple, or put aside the goods, I should say, the materials for Solomon to build a temple for the name of God. We don't want to commit the literalism fallacy. They didn't put God's name, the Tetragrammaton, in blocks and put it in the temple. That's not what it was about. Well, the, the name means by, for your power, for your authority, for your, your identification, who you are. So for God and for his glory. So what had happened is that over and over again, Israel, and uh, to be honest, we shouldn't just point our finger at them. We do the same thing. Had forsaken God, had not follow him, followed him, and then they found themselves in trouble. And one of the ways they found themselves in trouble when they really got deep into sin, as God warned them, put back in Deuteronomy, I'll say 30, 31, um, chapter 32 of Deuteronomy, is that if they forsook God, he would bring certain uh, chastisements upon them. And one of them was invasion by, invasion by foreign nations, and being conquered or harassed, if you will. And that happened to Israel over and over and over again. It's kind of like the book of Judges, the mini-history of that. Uh, Israel would walk with God, and then they'd forsake him, then they'd get in trouble, and then they'd call out to him, and he'd deliver them, and then they'd walk with him for a little while, then they'd fall away again, and, and this cycle would repeat itself. So for your sake means, in other words, God, we don't deserve it. We're getting what we deserve, but have mercy on us for your namesake, for your honor. So 
even though we don't deserve the respect, we don't deserve the deliverance, we deserve the, the, the chastisement that we're receiving, uh, but don't let your name be dishonored. May you not be dishonored. In other words, as Israel messed up, even think of uh, when uh, Israel sinned or when David sinned against uh, you know, God with Bathsheba and having her husband Uriah killed. Um, Nathan brings the point that you know, you've caused the enemies of God to blaspheme. You've given them cause. So Israel had given the enemies of God cause to blaspheme, to mock God, and so the cry is, for your namesake, Lord, okay, we don't deserve it. Don't do it for us, because we know we don't deserve it, but you deserve it. Your name deserves better. You deserve better. So for thy namesake, for your sake, for your glory, intervene and show people that you're still God. You're still on the throne. There is a God, and his name is Yahweh. And one can trust in him, and he will deliver them, even when they don't deserve it. You know, that, that kind of leads me into the uh, the New Testament, PCH, when, um, you know, even Jesus, uh, when he was getting ready to be crucified, uh, asked, as uh, anyone would in, in our prayers to be, you know, pain to be taken away from us, uh, difficult things for our life to be removed. And but yet Jesus said, but not my will, but your will be done. How does that, um, for your name's sake, translate to whereby our prayers, basically God will hear us if we ask anything according to his will? Well, because sometimes it wasn't his will. Sometimes they had done so much, and and that they were really they, they the only way, uh, remedially and otherwise, for them to learn and grow was for them to suffer the consequences. So, they did go off into uh, the Babylonian captivity, and the Assyrians conquered them, and so on and so forth earlier on. So, uh, again, it is God's will. God knows what's best. He is infinite in wisdom, and power. Uh, he's not limited by knowledge, as we are, or by power or ability. Uh, but there's sometimes even anybody who's had kids or grandkids knows what I'm talking about. There's times where the best thing you can do for that child or grandchild is let them suffer some of the consequences, if not all the consequences for their action. Because it, And it's not just because, well, they deserve it and they ought to get it. Right. It's because they need to learn. So not in a sense of uh, punitively, even speaking, although that can be a factor in the Old Testament, but remedially speaking, correctively, that God wants, they need to learn, they need to grow, and they're not going to grow. We generally don't grow when we have it on easy street, when we don't reap the consequences of our actions. There's no reason for us to get the lesson. But when we have to suffer consequences, uh, that sometimes is the only way, as, as thick and as slow as we are, uh, sometimes that's the only way we get the point of, oh, I shouldn't, be do, shouldn't do that, here's what happens, now I've suffered the consequences. So what we know, I want to be careful in the Old Testament, there is a, a break with those who are believers today, I would argue. Um, but certainly you don't want to tempt God. You don't want to uh, put God to the test like, oh, well, you know, if I do this, well, like, can I really get away with it? Will God really deal, deal with me? Will he really chastise me? But, but, but there are times when even think we didn't do something directly. Uh, a little different is think of people who suffer from cancer, and it may not be because of a particular sin they did. It's because of sin in general, sin entering the world and the disease and illness. And so it may well not be God you know, chastising them with cancer per se because they did something wrong, but we can and should pray to the divine physician right. and ask God to intervene. And, and sometimes he does. And I think of Nabil Kreshi. He just passed away with a stomach cancer. He had his stomach removed, and he did seek God for healing. He himself was a medical doctor. Uh, but the Lord chose, in his infinite wisdom, not to heal him. I'm really sad about that. I, I often think of the motto, why do the good die young? Or so many people could be taken from this world, and this world be a better place, in my opinion. 
But someone like him who's done such a great job for the name of Christ has been such a powerful witness, particularly to Muslims. And he dies at 34 years old. So it was not God's will to heal him through physicians or directly. He's passed away, gone on to be with the Lord. And we have to accept that. And so we do pray and we accept it. Uh, God's will be done. But we can and should pray for healing and pray for God's intervention, as the case may be. Qureshi did do that, and God, our Heavenly Father, chose not to. And so he gave him the ultimate healing, and that is taking him home to be with him for eternity. Ultimate healing. I love the way you said that. We're going to be dealing with that when I bring up some issues in regarding to the word faith and the theology of sort of when we have uh, tagged and name it and claim yeah. it and various things like that. But right. we'll get into that momentarily, Craig. But, Daryl, but, yeah, if ahead. I could just say one more thing, sure. though. So, uh, some, so I don't want to sound like you know, anytime something hardship comes into our life, it's because some sin we directly committed. Again, it's because of sin in general, sin entering the world, and our participation in that. But there are times where it's not, it's not a sin, because it's a sin you committed. It's just uh, the creation is cursed, and bad things happen. Cancer, disease, sickness, you know, what ailments uh, happen to people. Um, but the other thing is, Daryl, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, looking to God and seeking wisdom why he's allowed some hardship to come into our lives. But there are many times where we've brought the hardship in our life. Right. And or for whatever reason, God allows it. And uh, sometimes our, our hubris is a bit much. We, we have this idea that there couldn't be any good reason why God would allow suffering uh, because I couldn't think of it. And so... So there must not exist one, as if, you know, my wisdom, my knowledge matches God. And there's just a bit of, of pomposity to this, is that, look, we don't know everything. We don't know all the things that God knows. He allows things. And, of course, and I'm not saying we can't again and shouldn't pray for healing and praying for God's intervention. But if he doesn't, it doesn't mean God's failed you or he's forsaken you because he's promised that he's not. It's that he's got, he, there are things going on that we don't get. I I think of when my kids were younger. You know, there are things I had to do. Right. For when they're older, for that matter. And, and they didn't get it. And, and you know, but, but my trying to do what's right for them, what was best for them, was not contingent, was not dependent upon whether they understood it. In fact, many times they didn't understand, and that was irrelevant, because I and my wife understood it and knew what was best for them and had to do that. So there's times we took them to the doctor. Uh, and I think of times when they had various ailments, and they didn't, you know, an earache or what have you, didn't want to touch, but for the sake of their health, it had to be dealt with. And sometimes some pain was inflicted, not willingly, not maliciously, but necessarily to heal them. They didn't get it, they didn't understand, but my wife and I did, and we did it because we did love them. And so it is with our Heavenly Father. There are things we just don't understand and we need the wisdom and grace to say, you know what, some things go beyond my ability to comprehend, to understand, and I submit to a faithful creator who is good, even when I don't understand why something's happening to me. You know, I think about us sometimes and how we deal with our own lives, and it's almost like we play games with ourselves, correct? Because if we have, if you just think about the wisdom of it, if you have some being or entity that is, omniscient knows everything and you're going to go to that person for uh, an answer it's almost like going to a doctor or a specialist he gives you the prescription to take and you decide not to take it because you think that you know something that's uh, better for you and um you know by uh you know asking god to do for us what we would request but then saying lord really nevertheless not my will but your will i think is the wisest thing that we ever can uh, learn about life well sure and i look i, I 
I've hung around some pretty smart people and still do. I've hung around a number of people. My colleagues have three-year doctorates. I don't mean honorary degrees. I don't mean professional degrees. I mean full-blown academic degrees. Put some sweat into institutions it. <laughs> in the world. You know, but I've never been anybody, but as, as, as I know some pretty smart people but, and knowledgeable, but, as, but I've never met anybody who's that smart, who's got it all together, knows everything, and has a handle on all this. I've met plenty of people who think they do, and that's not reality. And so there's a time and a place where a little humility goes a long ways, and you say, God, I'm struggling, I'm wrestling with this, I don't get it, but I will trust in you, I will submit to you, I will say that I will be done. And not accuse God of folly, not accuse God of being mean or incompetent, not caring or unable to care or not even existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's times we go through great heartache, particularly when a loved one, even more than our own suffering, when a loved one suffers. Think right. of a, a parent sees a, a, a child suffer with cancer, how, how, uh, just how horrific that is, how um, heart-wrenching that is. But there is, once again, the wisdom of submitting to our Heavenly Father and knowing that He loves that child, He loves that person that we're cared about even more than we do. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to Professor Craig Hawkins. I call him PCH. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. We're the Bible Information Brokers, and we're here for you. Give us a call. It's live presentation, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, Or you can go to our website at Bible Info Brokers. Navigate there. Send us an email question, or you can go to our Facebook page by navigating from there and send us a question by that method also. But listen, we ask people to call in, Craig, at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. We have a couple of callers in here, and other folks are calling in, taking an opportunity to do so. We're going to go right now to the Pasadena area and uh, talk with a wonderful name person, a beautiful name, Beverly. Beverly, how are you doing? I'm fine, and you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Let me say, let me be clear why I said your name is wonderful and beautiful, because that's my wife's name. Go right ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> See, Craig, I take advantage of every opportunity. You know mm-hmm. that. Oh, I thought that. <laughs> Beverly, what's but your question is- for tonight? Yeah, this is my question. Um, I was calling about, like, the Sabbath, and it's kind of a two-part question. One, which day do they consider the Sabbath, Saturday or Sunday? And also, um, if God says that we shouldn't do anything on the Sabbath, then what if you have to work or go to church or, you know, so how do how do we handle that? Mm-hmm. Well, sure, uh, that's a great question. Um, the answer is it's neither Friday, it's neither Saturday or Sunday. They're both wrong. Okay. Uh, it actually okay. begins at our Friday um, Friday evening at sunset on Friday is the beginning of the Shabbat. So if you're an Orthodox Jew and you you observe the Sabbath, it actually starts on Friday night and then it ends the same time on Saturday. So it actually actually crosses over or um, uh, tra- over both what we would call Friday and Saturday. Um, okay. And that's what it was for the ancients as well. Now, there were a number of guidelines God gave them. There were limits to things they could do. Um, and those could be found throughout the, uh, the Old Testament. And then, of course, Christ talks a, a fair amount about that in the New Testament because um, uh, people accused him of working on the Sabbath, doing things that shouldn't be done. Mark chapter mm-hmm. 2 Almost the whole chapter has a notable example when Jesus was healing on the Sabbath, and this offended the Pharisees. And Jesus goes through and talks about the Sabbath and its purpose, as he says, for example, the Sabbath was not made, the man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. And so, mm-hmm. at any rate, there's a great book called From Lord's Day to, uh, From Sabbath to Lord's Day, From Sabbath to Lord's Day by D.A. Carson, edited by him. 
and it goes through and gives a number of articles. But the early church switched the day of worship. Not our Jewish friends, not Roman Catholicism in the 600s. The early church, in honor of the Lord's ascension, in honor of his resurrection, they moved their day of worship from, uh, if you will, um, from Friday, Saturday, actually to Saturday, Sunday. Um, and so mm-hmm. they did that. And so the question is now, how does it apply to us? And I would argue Hebrews 4 is the answer to that, that God has given us a rest, rest and that, that's the ultimate meaning of the Sabbath. It's not just literally taking the seventh day off. Now, of course, Daryl and I are a ministry, and so, you know, when people say we don't, don't work on the Sabbath, we're like, what are you talking about? It's, even if we, you know, whatever day you're going to use, we work because we do ministry, mm-hmm. um, and as did the priests and the high priests, and, and of course, in the Old Testament time and the time of Christ. So at any rate, this is one of those matters that takes some wisdom, and we know that people like Seventh-day Adventists, Seventh-day Baptists, and uh, whatnot who believe, oh, you know, this, well, uh, you shouldn't, it really is, actually they do Saturday, but I would argue, then get it straight, it's not Saturday, it's Friday, Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the idea of a rest, uh, number one, there is a, I think, minimally in the concept is the idea of physical rest, and they've actually done studies, and even uh, uh, the former Soviet Union actually tried to change the work week to something like 10 days. But they actually found out that it was optimal. People do the best work really about six days max and then taking a day off for rest. Um, and when you, when you go against that, you actually run your body down overall. And so there is, but of course there is the idea of worshiping God and, and, uh, and renewal and recreation. So, uh, but uh, what some of us would argue every day belongs to God. Mm-hmm. But certainly uh, the Sabbath, I think is the concept is a great idea, whatever day it is, that one gives their body rest, their emotions rest as they're able, and of course ultimately to really worship God in spirit and truth. So those would be some things I'd want to say about the Sabbath. Okay. I hope that's helpful too. You said you had a, a two-part question to the Sabbath. I hope that well, uh, candles both Basically, he, he answered them right, both. Okay, it was a Saturday-Sunday so. thing too. Right, right. So he answered that as well. But thank you. I appreciate that. We thank you for your call, Beverly. Our pleasure. Right. Thank you, Beverly. Ladies and gentlemen, just like that wonderful lady, Beverly, who called in, you can also call in with your open, honest question, and we want to give you the biblical response. Whether it's about the Bible, whether it's about theology, whether it's about philosophy, that's fine. Those are great. We are a Bible program, but we want to deal with life as life is uh, coming your way. We have uh, what we believe uh, the the answer for life and the various things that happen to it by way of the Bible, not just a rule and regulation book, but a book that gives you wisdom and some truth and some uh, methodologies whereby your life, uh, we believe, be better, at least from the standpoint between your two ears and your heart, and eventually your eternity when we deal with that. And we'll be talking about that momentarily. Professor Craig Hawkins, my name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. The number where you can start dialing right now is one la talks one 528 2557 Go ahead and start dialing in now while we have these open lines for us. one um, la talks one 528 2557 PCH, I'm going to give you um, uh, a question from last week. Uh, we weren't able to handle all the questions in uh, last week, so I'm going to throw one in before I go back to the phone calls and the email questions. And one of the questions was, I found it interesting, but and I was reading about this in um, various uh, prophecy books, or various books uh, from the Old Testament about prophecy, and the gentleman by the name of, um, I think his name was Michael from last week, he was from Northridge, and he asked the question, will the earth ever come to an end based upon uh, you know, what God is going to do. Is the earth ever going to come to an end based upon what God will do? Sure. Well, let me just say this, and it can get a little complicated, but hopefully it won't confuse people. 
Um, whether one's an all-millennialist, a post-millennialist, or one some flavor of the premillennialism, whether you know, uh, uh, pre-tribulation, uh, mid-post, pre-wrath rapture, what have you, all orthodox views of, in Christianity of eschatology. Eschatology is just a fancy way of saying the study of end times from the eschatos, Greek word for end. Um, the, they all have a view that God will recreate, uh, he will destroy this earth and recreate it. And the idea would be it's been so tainted and marred uh, by sin that God will simply recreate it. He's just, not, he's just not going to renew it or renovate it, if you will. Think of these you know, housing programs where they take a home and come in and sometimes gut the thing, but re, you know, rebuild it, and, just, and it can be incredibly beautiful, and especially when it was a dump beforehand. But God is going to bulldoze the thing, so to speak. Actually, he's going to destroy it with uh, heat, incredible heat, and uh, make a brand new heaven, new earth. So that's talked about in the book of Revelation, for example. So I would argue the biblical, the orthodox view is, is that whenever Christ comes and whenever time ends as we know it, whether you believe in a literal thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, as a premillennialist believes, or you believe in an all-millennial view that Christ is ruling and reigning from heaven right now, or you hold the post-millennial view, which is there won't be a literal thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth, but the church will reign, but he will reign through the church, which will dominate. Of the world for about a, approximately a thousand years. That is, the bulk of people will be Christians, therefore the bulk of the nations will be Christian. Uh, either way, all any one of those views, the orthodox perspective is that God will create a brand new heavens and earth. So answer, now the short answer is this one will be destroyed and be re, completely remade. All right, well, we appreciate that, PCH. Um, Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we deal with email questions. We deal with questions. We deal with questions by calling in. Uh, we see your calls coming in here at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Craig, are well, we making a claim that we have all the answers? Because no, I'm not making I, a claim for me. We're not saying we have most of it. <laughs> uh, we're claiming we've done a lot of study, uh, but more importantly, we're claiming that we have the ones that count and. It's not because we're so smart or learned or what have you, but because God has been gracious to us. So, yeah, we don't mean to become across as pompous, right. uh, but we are confident in God, not in ourselves, but in God, who's been gracious to reveal truth to us. And then we present this to people, and we say, we don't just say believe it because we say so, but we're all, we are saying, believe, examine it, test these things, see if what we're saying is true. Even God himself says, come see, taste that the Lord yes. is good. Try me, you know, not in the sense of tempting God, but we can uh, say, God, okay, you've promised to do this, let's see. So we would argue that one can and should do that, and with all due respect, you can compare Christianity to Buddhism and the various forms, whether Theravada, Mahayana, or various forms of Hinduism, you know, Islam, what have you. Uh, we would argue there is a God, he's revealed himself through the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and you know, and we will defend that, and hopefully in a not a strident manner, uh, not in a pompous manner, but in a firm manner, sure, absolutely. I think that there are answers, and I would be lying if I said I didn't think there was. I've spent, I'm, I'm in my late 50s, just about to hit the 60 mark here. <laughs> late, um, very late, very late 50s, yeah, brother. Yeah, 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 <laughs> 11.59 on that one. Right <laughs> Let's go, um, keep it real. <laughs> hitting the 60 mark, but the point Come on is, over. I've spent a life studying this yes. stuff, and, and not just Christianity, but I've read more books probably against Christianity than I have for it, and I've read a lot for it, and other world religions and whatnot and so forth. Uh, this, to me, is an ultimate issue, ultimate issues, and it's well worth the time. And so we would engage people 
and and forthrightly and say, look, we would encourage you to examine what we're saying, test it. Uh, we'll be happy to offer you evidence, reasons why we think this. And there's a and there's a number of them. So yeah, but no, sorry, long answer, Daryl. We don't have all the answers. We don't even have most of them, but we have some. But most importantly, we have the most important ones that we believe God has been gracious to give to us, and we are confident in that in Him. Amen. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, to get the answers that we do have from you from the perspective that we believe the Bible is speaking from, give us a call right now at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Patrick, Jerry, Kimberly, we're gonna to get to you momentarily on the calls, but you can also send us email questions, and I have a few of those popping up on our email address, which you can find on our website. Simply go there right now, even while we're speaking, even while the show is going on live. You can go to Bible Info Brokers, Bibleinfobrokers.com, and contact us by doing so. You'll be able to send an email question. I'll receive it and can deal with those questions even tonight, possibly. So go ahead and take those uh, opportunities to either call in at one triple eight right now, one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, or our website, Bible Info Brokers. Send us an email question, or you can even navigate to our Facebook page from there and send us a Facebook question as well. Well, PCH, before we get into uh, some announcements, I'm going to bring up Jerry in the city of El Monte. And ask Jerry, what is this question for tonight? Jerry, how you doing, sir? All right. How about you guys? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Um, um, my question is in Romans 1, verses 1 to 7. Mm-hmm. Um, how did Paul know that he is an apostle for our Lord? And also I was looking into uh, uh, Acts when um, the Lord told Ananias that... Um, Where's my note? <laughs> Good man, taking notes. I like that. Folks, do like Jerry. Get your paper and pen out in your Bible and uh, take notes. That's a good job, Jerry. Um, that uh, Saul is the chosen instrument of our Lord, who is to bear our Lord's name before the Gentiles and kings and sons of Israel. As our Lord will show Paul how much he must suffer. Right. Is that when he becomes apostle? Well, we're not sure exactly when he becomes an apostle. It may be the same time that he's called. So going back to Acts chapter 9, we might say, well, it's as, it's as soon as he's called. Um, but whatever the case is, uh, he clearly is. And by the way, it is interesting, a couple things, Jerry, um, is that the other apostles recognize that. They don't shirk. They, they, they don't uh, bristle at Paul saying he's an apostle. I think of Peter's reference to him in Paul's writing, for example, in Second Peter 3. By the way, same ch- chapter, one of them, where it talks about the, there being a new heaven and a new earth, uh, earlier question. But in Second Peter 3, verses 15 and 16, uh, Paul refers, excuse me, Peter refers to Paul very glowingly and the wisdom that God gave him. So Peter has no trouble with that. Um, but, but God is, God calls him as an apostle. Uh, remember, I'll say two more things at least. There's a lot that just is not all spelled out. But God gave Paul direct revelations. And so, yeah, he studied, and of course he was an old, what we would call an Old Testament or a Tanakh scholar. He knew the Torah, uh, you know, has been, been uh, uh, a learned man in, in the scriptures. Um, so he knew that, but he actually was given direct revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have to believe, uh, for example, he talks about that in uh, Galatians chapter 1. And chapter two, Galatians one and two, uh, but at any rate, he um, 
So I believe that God, God gave them that title. Uh, he, we have a whole group of people today. There's what's called Bethel up in Northern California, Bill Johnson, and there's a number of people, Fred Price, who think they're apostles. And with all due respect, I just I balk at that. Uh, an apostle was someone, as we're told, who was appointed such by the Lord himself, who was an eyewitness of Christ, and Christ did appear directly to Paul, post-resurrection, of course, but nonetheless he did. And he worked signs and wonders. By the way, by the way Nabil Kreshi actually went to Bethel, asked them to pray for him. Of course, he was, he was not healed there, but when Paul had prayed for somebody and wanted them to be healed, they were healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. at any rate, so we know that it's the Lord himself that gives Paul that title, and, and mo- no doubt it was when he gave him these revelations here. And an apostle, some would say, well, yeah, you know, an apostle, apostolos, really just means an ascent one. Well, no, it doesn't. That's the root of what it means, the two root, root words uh, of it. Um, but, but actually, or at least prefix for the one part, um, no, an apostle is an office. It's not just someone who's sent. So you can't say, well, I'm sent, so I'm an apostle too. No, you're not. Uh, an apostle is someone, one more time, who did signs and wonders, miracles, was an eyewitness of God, and was called such by the none, no other, uh, none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So that's why we would refer to him as an apostle. So um, my question is, in verse 5, it says, Through him we have received. Uh, I mean, Romans 1, verse mm-hmm. 5, through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, um, how does that apply to us believers these days? Well, it doesn't. I'm not this talking is, about I want the apostles. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a heavy hat to hold, out. brother. <laughs> All of them got killed. <laughs> We're handing out certificates here. Yeah, still better. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, uh, right. as far as, uh, uh, the body of Christ, we have all different parts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How, so, how, right. How we function as a body of Christ. Yeah, so Ephesians 2.20, we're told there is a foundation of the apostles and prophets, right? But, you know, think of it. You, uh, if you make the Patronus Towers or whatever actually the world's tallest building is now, it's been there even a bigger one now, I uh, think of former World Trade Centers, what have you, or uh, whatever, um, you, you only build one foundation, and so the foundation is on the apostles and prophets. So, uh, so that was given. But you are right, but we still have a place in the body. And I would like to say, in light of your excellent question, so uh, I, the, the grace was given to Paul. He passed it on to others. He shared the gospel, the good news, the grace of God, his kindness, his goodness. Paul was an apostle, had the authority, as did the other 11, I would say, I'll call it, say, 11, uh, to, to teach this. And we are not apostles, but what they passed on to us is apostolic doctrine. And so there are people who talk about apostolic succession, which, by the way, not that it makes it wrong, but actually that term was originally coined not by someone in the church, but by Gnostics who were occultists. Heretics, full-blown non-Christians, were the first to use the term apostolic succession. They claimed that they actually had the true apostolic doctrine. And a gentleman named Irenaeus, who became bishop of modern-day Lyon, France, around 180 A.D., who apparently studied with Papias and Polycarp, who themselves studied with the Apostle John, says, no, it's apostolic doctrine. Uh, we were not apostles, but we were studied with, or I was studied with the folks who studied directly with John, for example, and we're passing on the apostolic doctrine, the teaching they gave us. And so our privilege, Jerry, I believe in light of your excellent question, is we are to be faithful to the faith, as Jude tells us, Jude 3, once for all delivered unto the saints, literally the once for all delivered unto the saints' faith. 
and in Greek, if you will. And so that's, that's how it applies to us. We've been given this message. And, and, and let me give you an example, if maybe this helps. Uh, I've had people ask me sometimes, uh, you know, my spiritual pedigree, and, and they're like, Hawkins, you know, who, who influenced you? What, who's, who were your mentors? Well, my mentor was, one, my main mentor was Walter Martin. And then somebody asked me, well, who taught him? Well, people like Frank Gabeline, James Oliver Buswell, uh, um, Donald Gray Barnhouse. And I said, you know, that's not too shabby pedigree. Um, those guys were ma- monumental men of God. And I counted it a great privilege to be in that lineage. Not that it makes me a great man of God, but it, it means I, they faithfully passed the faith on to me. And my job, as Paul's job was, not that I'm an apostle, but I am to be faithful to the apostolic doctrine that he was given, is to, when I die, that I can say, I was faithful, I finished the race, which means I didn't compromise, I passed on the faith, I taught nothing but what the Lord gave us, I didn't add to his words or, or subtract to it, but simply tried to faithfully preach what he entrusted to us and leave the results to him. So that's how I would apply this wonderful passage, Jerry. Thank you. I think that was helpful to you, Jerry. It was very helpful to me. I appreciate your call, brother. Thank you, brother. God bless. Yeah, and, and Daryl, on that note, if I can say this, you know, I've got Please about do. two weeks, and I'll be out of the country. I'm going to India and into Myanmar as well, and I have the great privilege of training pastors and Christian leaders in India. We've been doing that for about four years now. We're graduating another class. We've been training these gentlemen and Christian leaders. And, by the way, not just from India, although that would be a great privilege just in and of itself, but people from Bhutan and Nepal and uh, come out of Bangladesh and Myanmar, surrounding nations. So it's a great privilege. And then I'm going to be going into one state in particular, two major training sessions. Um, I'm going to be training pastors, leaders out of Myanmar in a different training session. So I'm just really excited about this, Daryl. I count this as a great privilege. It kind of a natural segue to what Jerry was just talking about. And I'll be leaving, flying out uh, LAX October 1st. Okay. And, uh, it takes me two days to get there. Yes, but, it will. Uh, <laughs> but it will. Yeah, but at any rate, two days travel uh, to get there. But the point is, um, I, I'm really covering people's prayers, and I, 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 unabashedly, I'm asking for financial support. Uh, you're going to help pay the way for these guys to get there for the training. You, we pay for their room and lodging, their board. We, we buy them the meals. We buy them the place to stay. We rent the facility, to, the lecture hall to teach. You know, we don't ask them to pay for it. We don't ask them for any money. We, we supply this. And so I'm willing to go and do this. I'm taking materials with me. I load up my luggage. I'm often way over the limit, but because of my frequent flyer miles and whatnot, I'm able to to get away with this. Um, At any rate, I take as much material as I can. I've had people pick up my bags and go, what in the world is in here? (laughs) Uh, They think I just carry on weights in there, literally. But at any rate, I do that because I want to get materials to them that are just so hard too expensive to get uh, there any other way if you try to mail them. Uh, but Daryl, I'm be training these folks, and I want people to know, I want to say thank you. Uh, we've received about $1,500 right, for this, and I'm very thankful. And I'm, I've got another week, so I'm going to plug this, is that if you want to be involved, in other words, through your prayers, you're going with me and praying for God's you know, hand and protection and for wisdom and the training and the safety of these men and other leaders to get there. And then you, you're, you're playing a part in this, and the meals we feed them and the, the lodging. If you, your prayers will just be incredible. But also financially, if you want to be involved, if you want to be involved in the training, 
uh, of these individuals. We're going into parts. You've heard about unreached people groups? Well, where do you think we're going? That's a lot of these people. It's not the only reason, but it just so happens they are going to a lot of the unreached people groups. And so you can play a part in this. You can be a vital part of this. You know, in any, I think of uh, Doctors Without Borders, or there's a number of, 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 of medical doctors, missionaries who go in at their own expense and donations and they, they perform surgeries and give medical treatment to people. And they do that, and they do that at their own expense, but they can't afford everything. And so people often give money towards what? Towards the medications that they take, towards the bandages, towards, you know, all the things they need to do the surgeries and whatnot or, or the, the medical procedures, if not surgeries, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and everybody who does that is a part of that. It takes all those people. Well, you can be a part of this. But here we are involved in the mending of people's souls. We are involved in the teaching of leaders who often speak four or five, some ten languages, who can go into places I can't get into. In Myanmar, there are certain places I can't go. Uh, they will not let me go in there. So, But these, these gentlemen, these leaders can go in there, and they're going to train the people. They stay there. They know the languages. They don't have the cultural barriers. Look, I'm a white guy. I'll tell you right now, I stand out like a sore thumb. I've gone to places where I'm the only white guy, or my partner with me. We're the only white people among hundreds of thousands of people, literally. I'm Minority, like, huh, brother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what that feels like. And you know what? And so we, we, we draw too much attention to ourselves just because of the color of our skin. Um, and sometimes that's not good when you want to preach the gospel Amen. and teach, whereas they don't have that problem. So I'm long-winded. What I'm saying is, leaving October 1st, I'm coveting your prayers for the Lord's blessing upon the, the training sessions, and there's a number of them we're going to be doing. And as well, if you want to be involved financially, Daryl's going to tell you how you can do that. You can be a part of this, and we're going to be posting stuff up on Facebook, showing you a lot of pictures and things we're doing, the materials that we took, the training. You'll see where your money went, and you'll know that it was, all, with all due respect, if I may say so, well spent, money well spent, uh, helping our brothers and sisters throughout the world who do not have the resources, the materials. Some of them have gone to seminary. Some of them could not, and, and they will never have a chance to do that. But we're taking the seminary to them. Yes. As many of you know, I've been a professor for almost 30 years. I've been teaching pastors for a long time, and so here's my opportunity to take this material to them and their home court and their town so that, so that they can be further equipped to advance the, cost, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one more time, you can be a partner with me in this, with Daryl, with Brian. You can be a partner with us by your prayers and possibly your financial support. 100%. PVC says, I'll tell the people how they can actually give right now and also give in a way that they can simply mail it out if they do the mailing thing uh, as well. Folks, this is a labor of love. Take an opportunity to partner with Professor, as he said, and also partner with this ministry. And you can decide how you want your money to be spent. Uh, when I say your money, it's the money of the Lord entrusted in you. If you're a believer, if you, even if you're a non-believer, and you just say, hey, you know what? I like what you guys are doing. I want the I want Professor to be able to get out there and teach people how to learn about the Word of God in places where he'll never be able to go so vicariously go with us and here's how you can do it simply go to our website right now right down the website bibleinfobrokers.com bibleinfobrokers.com we got it set up where it's just simply a one pager you can simply fill out uh you can do a recurring uh type giving or you can do a one-time giving and uh in the little um spot where you can do a note put in there pca to put in there india trip we'll know what you're talking about and if you want to give to the radio broadcast the ongoing work that we have with this ministry as far as um 
taking care of all of the websites, all the, the radio time and everything else that we have to spend money for, 100% of your money is going to ministry, folks. I'm not getting paid, Brian, Craig. We're not getting a salary for this. Should we? That's another story. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about getting the work done in ministry. We've been doing this. I've been doing it over 20-plus years on air. Brian and Craig been with me for like 18 years. Folks, here's how you can do it. Go to our website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and you can give right now. Click on there, donate, and you can follow the instructions. If you don't have internet, you're not inclined to do it by internet, uh, folks, and when you're on internet, you can do um, you know, PayPal, credit card, and things like that. You'll see how to do it there. Then you can simply write a check out if you want to simply write a check or get a money order tomorrow. Make it out to LBTWBIB slash BIB. That's living by the word slash Bible Information Brokers. That way we know where it's going. And then we'll get that money right to the source. By doing that, you can simply mail it to P.O. Box 90477. I'll say it again. P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles with a zip code of 90009. Nine, a bunch of zeros in the middle, and then nine at the end. Very easy to remember. So write the checks out to LBTW slash BIB and best P.O. Box 90477. Folks. By doing so, a young lady called in a little earlier between uh, the calls and was asking, well, when is this broadcast going to be up on the uh, the website? Usually we have it up there by Wednesday, no later than Friday of next week, and all the archive shows you can listen to. That money that we get from the donations, we use for that purpose. I mean, you know, we have to pay people to do it if we can't do these things ourselves. But Craig is, uh, this thing, look at Craig as a soldier going to war in the spiritual war that we're fighting. Do you want that soldier to pay for his own equipment? Do you want that soldier to pay for anything no we're in the body of christ we we are the family we were talking about the different uh, aspects of the body like the apostles the teachers and various groups well there's a gift called the gift of uh giving i, I, I that is a gift that uh people should pray for <laughs> craig i think people ought to pray for that gift if there's any gift that god's going to give pray that you get the gift of giving folks and listen you have all of god's resources please take an opportunity to participate with this ministry or in or with Professor going to India on this uh, teaching and training uh, session, listen, take the opportunity. P.O. Box 4, I'm sorry, P.O. Box 90477. That's P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, 90009. Make the check out, money order out to LBTW slash BIB. Or you can go right now to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com and give that way. PCH, I hope that the people take an opportunity to be a blessing. Um, and then, like you said, we, the people that already gave, we really, really 100% do appreciate that. And the folks that have been giving for all the years that you've been giving, and no matter what the amount, you are the reason why we're still, still here well, uh, doing these things. Absolutely. You know, Daryl, in fact, I actually I started radio in 1987 on a program called CRI Perspective. Yep. Walter Martin yeah, I remember started that. me on that. I did the program actually for two years overall, but the year into that, then he invited me to do the Bible Answer Man program with him. So actually this year I've been on radio for 30 years. Woo! Woo! And I've been teaching at the university for 28 years. For such a young uh, man. Various schools, yes. Such, just the base. <laughs> just the base. So uh, at any rate, you know, I'm really excited about that. Yes. And um you know, it's funny. I was even thinking not that people want it, but I, I'm, I'm even willing to put up, post up receipts on the. Uh, of course, it would be in rupees, uh, <laughs> but not dollars. But uh, um, you know, because people, we, we, you know, we have no problem with people knowing where we spend the funds, what we do with oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We're, we're 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 open and transparent, as you said. You know, because we want people to 
be able to give with confidence and know that their hard-earned money is going to the Lord's work. It's not sticking to our hands. And you said this, Daryl. We only say this because we want people to see how serious we are. We don't get a salary for doing this. We don't get paid for doing this. That's not what this is about. This is a labor of love. You're absolutely right, Daryl. We're, oh, we're investing in eternity. Uh, yeah, absolutely. you bet. And uh, so, you know, this is a privilege. And so, again, hope people will uh, get on board with us. 100%. PCH, and I'll just say this. I'm going to mention something about Walter Martin. You mentioned him a couple of times. I listened to two tape series. Well, not a series, but just actually an hour and a half tape of Walter for, and it was 10 years apart, and it was dealing with the errors of positive confession, and then 10 years yeah. later he made a, a follow-up tape on that. And we'll get into that on the other side, because I want us to actually post it on our website for people to listen to for some future subjects. But right now, PCH, and before we get to Patrick, Kimberly, Dan, and the folks that's calling in, PCH, let the people know about eternity, man, and let know how they can secure their eternity in the person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You know, Daryl, um, the reality is there is a God, and He's made us. We didn't make ourselves. We're not just some product of evolution. God made us. He designed us. We were made for fellowship with Him. We were made for relationship and then fellowship. You know, relationship, think of it this way. Be like your father or biological father or mother. Uh, whether you're close to them geographically or a relationship, uh, fellowship-wise, they're still your parents, uh, you know, if you will. So that's relationship. And then there is what's called fellowship, and that is, given the relationship, now how close is your fellowship, uh, the intimacy or not, of, 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 that, of that, um, the dynamics of the interaction. And, well, the reality is we are, we are separated from God. All of us are on one heartbeat away from a Christless eternity. So not only are we not experiencing life in that more abundantly, and that's what Christ said he came to give us, not rules and regulations, not, well, I've done my part, now you do yours, or pull yourself up by your bootstraps, or be a better person, make a new resolution, try really hard, and you might make it. That's not the gospel. The good news is God has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We are alienated, we are estranged, we are separated from God because of our own sins. Old English word, contemporary concept. Uh, because of our imperfections, because of uh, all of our faults, uh, lying, uh, coveting, uh, adultery, uh, drunkenness. I mean, just fill in the blank, you know, and someone say, well, I, I'm not really into, uh, I've never committed adultery. No, but you've uh, maybe lusted in your heart and or you're an idolater, you covet. You know, uh, so your sin may not be the one, to the, like the person next to you, if you will, but you still have yours. We all have our sins. And we're all separated from God because of that, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, but what? The gift of God is eternal life. But for those who would trust in Christ, acknowledge their imperfections, acknowledge their imperfect, acknowledge that they cannot earn or merit salvation, if they will cast themselves upon the grace and mercy of God, he will abundantly pardon. And, Daryl, it's not just that he gives us eternity. It's not just pie in the sky by and by. He gives us life and that more abundantly right here, right now. Now, I didn't say an easy life. I didn't say a rich life. I didn't say a life that has no physical ailments, no disease. That's not what we're saying. That's not the package we're offering. That's not true. What he gives you is eternal life, joy, peace, and righteousness, a sense of knowing that you're right with God because of what God has done for you, and then God will make you right with other people. He will cause you to be, try to be right with people, to mend relationships. He brings peace. What is peace? When we talk about, for example, shalom in Hebrew, or arene in Greek, what do we mean by that? Well, peace means a number of things, but it primarily means harmony. And it means harmony, that is, uh, reconciliation, us with God, between us and God, and then us with other people. 
So, bottom line is, we are separated from God, but we can be reconciled to Him and have a relationship and experience eternal life starting right here, right now, in this life, and for all eternity. That's the good news. Well, the bad news is you've got a terminal disease. Mm. You're on your way to a crisis of eternity. The good news is if you will acknowledge that and let the divine physician give you heart surgery, he will transform you. He will change you. Not you yourself and merit salvation, but he gives it to you, and then he will change you from the inside out. But I've got to end one more time on the bad news. But if you reject this message, if you think, well, there isn't a God, and or I'm good enough, or I'm not that bad, or I can do it myself, or I can become divine, or I can become an angel, or whatever it is you bought into, my friend and I am going to give you the same bad news again. You, you are being deceived. You are, uh, you are not in fellowship with God. You may think you know somebody named J-E-S-U-S, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. You know, identity theft is one of the fastest-growing crimes in the Western world, and it's happened to Jesus Christ more than anybody. All kinds of false views of Jesus out there. The only Jesus that saves is the true Jesus, the genuine Jesus, the one in, found in the Bible. Trust in him. Believe on him as, as your Lord and Savior. And know right here, right now, we can say with authority, in light of God's Word, for example, 1 John 5.13, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. 100% amen, PCH. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, if you happen to accept Jesus Christ right now in, 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 the, in, in the comfort of your home, in your car, wherever you are right now, and you've accepted Christ, uh, we want to hear from you. I'm going to give you a phone number where you can give us a call, and you can even call right now. If you do it in between now and next week, uh, give us a call. We want to hear from you. We want to set you up in a, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching search in your area so that you can grow in your most holy faith. The church is not going to save you, but it's going to grow you up after you make that uh, decision because the churches should be making disciples. Yeah, we got the converts in the church. Now, we should be making disciples out of those converts in which we all are. That number you can call. You can even call now and leave your name and number uh, 866-929-2514. It's going to be an answering service, uh, 866-929-2514. Do so. Because eternity, like we say, Craig, is just too long to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, I was reading real quickly from uh, Romans, Craig, and I was thinking about the forbearance of God, how patient he is. Don't be confused, folks. We're not promised tomorrow. So take advantage of what Craig said and give us a call at 866-929-2514. Either Brian or myself will get back with you and then get you on your way. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I ask you to call in to the radio broadcast right now. We're live at one la talks one la talks or one 528 That music is telling me, easy, you talk fast anyway, but talk a little faster so you can give the people the email address on our website, BibleInfoBrokers.com. You can send us an email question because PCH and myself want to answer your question from a biblical perspective. We're going to take a break right now and be back with more of the Bible Information Brokers.